Hello and good day, eh? Welcome to the Super Good Camping Podcast. I'm Pamela. I'm Tim. And we are from supergoodcamping.com. We are here because we are on a mission to inspire other families to enjoy camping adventures such as we have with our kids. Today, we're chatting with a gentleman who's behind Latitudes Wilderness Films on YouTube and Latitudes.Films on Instagram. Tim has been a fan of his for quite a while now. Pete's photography is stunning. His ability to capture the vista seen from the perspective of a canoe is incredible. There's also a uniqueness to Pete's narration on his videos. His storytelling weaves a connection to the land and the people who have inhabited it for millennia. He often does solo canoe trips, occasionally has a friend or three along for the ride. Pete even adventures with his wife. That French river trip looks amazing. He is also a mind-bogglingly good fisherman. Please welcome Pete Park. Yay! Welcome! Wow. I don't know how in the world I could ever, like, that was an incredible <laughs> introduction. I was not expecting that. Wow. I'm flattered. Thank you so much. Dude, you're quite welcome. As much as I have camping issues, and I watch far too many, I live far too vicariously through other people <laughs> that, that get out far more often than I do, like yourself, I seldom will sit down for an hour and change and watch a video. If I see when ears come out, I don't care how long it is. Honestly, I just, I yeah. <laughs> There's, there really is something that, that works for me watching your videos. So there you go. Oh. You're awesome. It Seriously. feels like an immersive experience. It is. Yeah. It is. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Very, Very cool. Good. Personally, I would like to start with what is it that, that got you into backcountry camping? Because that's predominantly what you, you do. And what is it that keeps bringing you back other than fishing? But but what is sure. what is the lure? What is the, what is the carrot that keeps you going out there? Okay. All right. Well, I'd say, you know what? I actually, unlike a lot of the, um, a lot of probably the other folks on YouTube who do the canoeing thing, I didn't grow up in it. My parents, they were outdoorsy people, but we just never got out. We never did provincial parks. I never... We're very close to the Pinery Provincial Park here, which is very popular in Ontario. And I didn't go there until after I was married. So it just was one of those things we didn't do a lot. But we did sleep in the backyard and I grew up on a farm. And so my parents had a bush behind the house and I spent a lot of time back there. I grew up watching old Western movies. And when Last of the Mohicans came out in 1992, which is still one of my favorite movies to this day, I was inspired to take my moccasins and run through the trails in the bush as fast as I could, pretending I was hunting deer. And uh, of course, I never even saw one, but probably scared them all away. But I'd say my love for the outdoors was kind of spawned by that. And it just grew into one day when I had the opportunity to finally check it out for myself. I, I think I was probably 29 at the time. I think I was 29 and I got invited to go on a canoe trip to Naganosh with three other guys. Two of them I, I didn't really know very well. And I had always, I had loved fishing. That was kind of another thing aside from the camping that I had loved to do and I was pursuing at the time. And so this was a chance to actually go up north, right? As they say, I'd never been. And they invited me to go. We took two canoes and I packed like a hockey bag. I took my hockey bag full of stuff, right? And it, it probably weighed 95 pounds. And uh, when the rest of the guys saw it i mean it was it was hilarious but um, we made it work and it was an amazing fishing trip and it was an amazing experience there was a fella on that trip who is a professional photographer and so he captured some of the most stunning images that i had ever seen and he captured our trip very beautifully and and i was kind of inspired to i want to capture that someday like him and Sorry. and i want to do that myself. Yeah, it was that trip. And I think it was the year 2014 or 2013, um, something like that. So that was my first backcountry trip. And then the fishing was amazing. And I loved the paddling. And so that's where it all kind of began for me. So not that long ago, really. No, I'm totally stunned. I would have backed yeah. up by at <laughs> least 10, 15 more. Yeah, just because yeah. You, of your proficiency at it and your obvious love of it. So 
Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, you mentioned about the lure. What keeps what keeps me going back? So, okay, I, I guess to expand on that, I did my first solo paddling trip uh, was, well, the, those tomogamy videos that I came out with. And I think right after the pandemic first started, I think that was 2020. I think it was the first week of June, 2020. I had been, I had done some solo trips with my sports pal canoe with a, with a motor on it. And I was just doing little back lakes fishing and stuff like that. But uh, this was my first, you know, venture out and solo paddle, like a hundred kilometers kind of thing. And, and that was eight days. And um, so it was an unbelievably amazing trip, even though it was full of hardships, but it was life-changing. I'll say that. And what keeps calling me back is the, I absolutely love being immersed in, in nature, being in, being immersed in a world of beauty. And I love it so much. And I don't know, I, uh, I don't really have any eloquent words for it other than just that it, it, I feel at home there. And, and there's a sense of peace that, um, that I don't get anywhere else. And, and it's experienced with other people too. But, but I, I do find when I'm there alone that uh, I honestly, I'll say it, that I feel closer to God when I am there. That's, you know, yeah, I, I just feel the most, uh, I suppose, intimate connection with him when I'm out there alone, you know, immersed in that environment. And uh, you can think very clearly when you're out there. I mean, the troubles of home, the troubles of work, all that stuff is is. is far gone exactly it's it's far from your mind and i absolutely love it so yeah so that's what keeps me going back just that feeling of peace that you really can't find anywhere else so yeah very cool yeah no agreed hearing fire trucks and stuff going by so it doesn't, yeah. doesn't put me in a happy place you know no, no. <laughs> yeah, i hear you i hear you yeah out of curiosity uh how many days do you get out outdoors period, whether, whether it's soft water or hard water, because you do right. some winter camping as well. What, uh, like how much time do you manage to get out there? So I'm fortunate with the job that I have. So I do work shift work. So I work 12 hour shifts, which is like three days on three days off, three days on three days off and night shifts in there. So when I take a week off, I actually get nine days off total because I work in sets of three all the time. So if I take a set of three off, it's nine days off. And so I'm able to spend quite a bit of time <laughs> Quite a bit of time out there, so I'm very fortunate in the fact that I I have as about as mu- as much time off as as like a teacher would get, but it's more spread throughout the year as opposed to just bulked in the summer, right? So I'm very very blessed to have the job that I do that allows me the time off. So I would say I spend uh, I've never calculated this at all, but I would say I spend oh between fifty and seventy five nights a year in the bush. I'd say it. Something like that. So maybe closer to 100 some years. I, I really don't know. To be honest. Nice. But, uh, oh, that is probably awesome. a little more. Yeah, probably a little more than than most people. So I'm very fortunate. Probably a little more. What did so I I asked a similar question to Kevin Callan, and mm-hmm. he said he said he gets cranky if he doesn't get 60 days out there. And yeah, I, like, yeah. you know, because the normal person gets whatever <laughs> two three weeks a, yeah. a year and. Yeah. You have yeah. to do things that other people want to do, not necessarily what you want to do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, 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 it's the same answer as I gave Kevin. Totally jealous. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm very, definitely blessed with that. So yeah. Yeah. No, good deal. And kudos to making it work, like to spend that much time out there and to mm-hmm. do all the things that you do, which leads me to, you mentioned that somebody else did a, a fantastic job of capturing a g- great, great photographer. Mm-hmm. Is that what, is that why you do it? Is Are you trying to do that same thing? Sorry, mm-hmm. I, 
it's a bit bit of a truncated question because you do hour plus videos mm -hmm. you do you do plenty of uh, smaller ones more mainstream style i'm, I'm not sure what the yeah. right term is but yeah the, mm -hmm. a lot you know attention span sort of things that yeah. the, the youtube crowd has but you do do like epic documentaries thank you why it doesn't fit that short attention span Mm -hmm. it might not get all the views so it, it's not necessarily mm -hmm. about the accolades and by the clicks of the likes that's on right with jazz yeah why why do you put that much effort in there okay well it's very interesting because when i started i started my channel as ontario fishing quest and and i i wanted to just capture bass fishing in ontario and i mean i was on the bow of a bass boat i mean flinging bait casters for hours a day and shooting really crappy crappy videos <laughs> about that and catching a few small fish here and there and trying to give tips and and you know, obviously that never really did anything for me, but it was once I bought my canoe, my Novacraft Prospector, and, and I started into the backcountry. It started changing from, I don't know, I got immersed in that environment and I wanted to capture it and I wanted to show the mood and I wanted to show the ambience and I wanted to show the emotion that's involved in it because I do think that we bring out the best of ourselves or the worst of ourselves on those kind of trips. And I think we can sit there, you know, out in the middle of nowhere and really be in, in touch with everything that's going on around us completely in a serene, serene place. And I want to capture that and show it. And I want people to be able to, you know, come out and do that kind of thing too. And especially to take something on solo and just push themselves to do it. But then to sit there in that beautiful environment and just take it in, soak it in. Think about how how this is affecting you. Think about, think about how this is going to make you a better person in the end. Think about things in your life that maybe you need to change. Think about maybe something you need to make right at home, a relationship. I mean, those are all things I think about on a trip. And so when you can try and capture emotion and show that, I think it can be a, a powerful thing. And so I was doing, I was putting out more frequent videos and trying to show that kind of ambient side, you know, to, to the story. But then I, I decided that I wanted to just do something different. And honestly, it was just because at that time, there were so many people coming out with so many videos, right? And, and it's still, it's an immensely popular thing, still huge, hugely popular to this day. And I just wanted to do something different. And that's where the idea for the North to South French River documentary came. So I thought, here's a really cool idea. No one's ever done anything like this before. And I thought, I know this is going to take an absolute ton of time, a ton of work, a ton of research, but I think it could be really cool. And so I, I, I took however many months off of putting videos out to just solely focus on that project. And I think it was close to three, it was three months between three and four months of just editing and research and all that to put that together. And then it came out. And now that's really all I would like to do now, because when you do something like that, it takes the, the pressure off of always coming out with something. And when you do something that's longer, that takes a lot more work, people appreciate it differently. I think then, then, you know, a, a 20 minute video every single week kind of thing. That's just my personal view. It's just something different. It's something fresh. It's, and you see, there's a lot of people coming out with longer format kind of bigger stories and stuff now. And so it's kind of catching on that idea. And I think they do pretty well, but uh, yeah, I, it kind of takes the pressure off of, of always having to come out with something all the time because, you know, I haven't come up with anything in quite a long time, but it's because I've got two big projects that I'm working on. And so when those come out, I mean, they're both long. Both going to be epic. We could talk about them a little bit, but I don't want to give too much away about what those Fast. are. What, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when you do something like that, I think I, I look at Jason Irwin from Tumble Home as an example. Right. Like yep. His stuff is absolutely phenomenal, right? It's just, it's insanely, it's beautifully edited. It's such an amazing story. And people don't complain about the length of time between his videos because they know when it comes out, it's this is going to be amazing, right? So yep. I like that aspect of it, not having that 
the pressure to always come out with something. It just makes my life a lot easier. So yeah, there we go. Very cool. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I agree in that some of the, some of the content providers, when they, when you can tell that they're, they're under the gun to, to put it out every Monday mm-hmm. or whatever. And, yeah. and it sometimes leaves a little, a little to be desired. It's not that they're not awesome and, and that, but you can tell that they yeah. maybe pushed a little hard to, to get that square peg in yeah. the round hole in order to make it come out on the Monday. So yeah, that's right. I'm certainly my viewing tastes are tending towards the longer ones and it's entirely your fault. So we're good with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry about that. No. Well, you, you can apologize to her. I'm good with this. He's not getting anything done sitting on the couch watching the videos. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, oh, I don't know what she's talking about. Yeah. So, and you mentioned research and weirdly, that's my next one is how do you decide what information you want to put into it? And how do you dredge it up? I mean, it can't be easy to find out about, you know, the, the original indigenous owners or the voyagers, the, the what mm. have you. And I think you talked about like how the land came to be as well in, in one of them, where it's like, where do you mm. get that information from? It, it can't just be a simple Google thing. <laughs> no, it's not. There's a lot of good old books out there. And it's just a matter of digging hard enough to find to find that right information. Like I found a world of information on the French River in a book by uh, Tony Harding called Canoe the river of the stick waivers and i think that was written in i honestly can't remember i think it was the 90s sometime so once i figured out that that was kind of the prime source of information i had to order it well it's not just on amazon it's not i think i had to order it on ebay through the states and and so of course at that time the pandemic was on and, I, and you know we couldn't cross the border and all that stuff so i had to ship it to canada and so it just cost more but it was awesome yeah it, it takes digging on some forums it, it starts with a basic google search you know but but as it continues on you just doors start to open and you realize i okay i need a copy of this book i need a copy of that book kind of thing and and then you start really it starts really going from there and there's a lot of valuable pdfs online that contain a lot of really really accurate historical information about that time and just takes a while to get there so it is out there it's just hard to get started i suppose once i had that book it was kind of rolled well for me so yeah. Cool. And so is it just for information, like research for a documentary, or is it something you're interested mm-hmm. in, period? It's well, I kind of kill two birds with one stone. So another project I have just started now, I put out a trailer for it and it's called Absolution. It's a documentary. It's going to be on Grey Owl and uh, so Archie Bellini. I was always interested in his story and I had heard many conflicting opinions. You know, people love him or hate him, basically kind of idea. And, and so I had always heard some people say negative things. I'd heard people say positive things. My dad read Grey Owl's books when I was growing up. And so I was always a little, you know, interested in that. And so now, this came this opportunity for my cousin Bill and I. Bill paddled the French River with me, and um, we've done a lot of trips together. Now we paddled the Bark Lake route, which uh, Gray Owl resided on on Bark, well, on, in that route as a park ranger for a few years. And when the opportunity came for us to go do that route, I thought, like, let's research this, let's do it, and let's let's try and put something together. Let's come up with a documentary about Gray Owl. That's cool. And so as a result, I get to order Gray Owl's books, read his stuff, and research his life, and then in turn, I can share it from my perspective. So that's one of the upcoming projects. So, but cool. it's, it's and it's long and it's hard. So, <laughs> I yeah, I'm the poor such the better half does all the editing for the podcast. I'm the poor. Oh side. yeah does the editing for the video of the podcast and I get so little out of it because I suck at it. (laughs) Oh yeah. I chop out a couple of bad words. Editing (laughs) sucks. Yeah. 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 I, I, I need to spend some time to get way better at that, man. How many Uh, hours would you spend on a film, Pete? Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, 
okay. Um, but the other project I have on the go is very, is very different. It's kind of like a movie in a sense. And, and so far that one is around the 25 minute long mark and, uh, it's half done. So there's still a whole nother half to do. And I have no idea how many hours I've put into that. Honestly, I don't think I could guess at least a hundred, I would say for that, but, but that you have to realize that's not also just sitting at the computer on DaVinci Resolve, moving this clip in this audio here, this music here. It's, it, it starts from reviewing all your footage and it starts from saying like, this is good. This is not, this is good. This is not. And documenting all of that into massive columns of, of lists of what's good and what's not, and what's almost okay. And you might, you know, I might shoot the same scene four times, but that the second take, the second half of the second take is a little better than the first half. Let's, let's look at that one. So it's a lot of stuff like that. It's a lot more than, than I think people realize. I would say the majority of time is that. And then when I actually sit down and can put a story together, there's a lot of hours in that too, but the most of it I'd say is spent trying to figure out what's good, what's not, and how am I going to put this all into something that people are going to want to watch. Excellent. Yeah. Th this one I do know. I don't, I spent a retarded amount of time <laughs> editing because I suck at it and I don't know what all the control C shoot, which was, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, winnowing the footage to look at it and go, oh no, that felt much better when I shot it than it looks when you're, when you're rewatching it. So man, I suppose probably it's not a bad thing to not know how many hours you put in because then you're going to be like, yeah, I don't know that I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Well, cool. On behalf of many, many viewers, I'm very thankful that you do do it because I, I love watching your stuff, seriously. You're very welcome. Cool. All right, I've got, I have to ask, 72 fish in one day? 72 yeah. fish in one day. <laughs> what the heck? Like you just went to a friend's place that had a stock pond and went? How does that, I, I can't even... <laughs> there are days where yeah. I get zero fish. So tell me about that. <laughs> That's a gem. I, you know, I love fishing. And so even before I was into canoeing, I mean, I fished since I was a kid. My dad always took me fishing. My dad built a little wooden boat then would take me out fishing in that. And so I've, I've always, I've had a love for fishing. And then when I fell in love with canoeing in the backcountry, it was just lights out. I'm, I'm done. And so I've studied fishing a lot. And so I've, you just kind of get to know the more you do it, what lures are going to be hot, where the fish are going to be time of day. And that's never happened again. I doubt it would ever happen again, honestly, you know, on a normal day, if Bill and I would be doing really well, we might catch half that amount. Which but, is still uh, pretty crazy. Just saying just like 36 yeah. <laughs> is still a pretty crazy day. Yeah. <laughs> So, but I mean, the thing is like, you know what, they're all a lot of smaller bass with the odd big one mixed in, but it just, they just kept coming and kept coming and we just developed a milk run of spots and we kept going around and around and around and around. We even took breaks through the day and came back to camp and I think <laughs> we all had a nap at one point. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was so tired of catching fish. So I think he slept <laughs> for a couple hours in the afternoon and, and then we got out. And so yeah, it was, it was, it was 72 in a day. It was uh, pretty Where amazing. Where was this peak? This is in, uh, it's it's an awesome spot, Queen Elizabeth Wildlands. I mean, it's it's very accessible. It's close to Toronto. And that was on Sheldon Lake. And so it's very easy, right? It's very easy to get there. It's, it's a long portage to get there, but it's, it's, it's a spot that's pretty close to the GTA. It's pretty close to Southern Ontario. So anyone can, I mean, go there. I mean, it costs you nothing. It's non-operating park and there's right. no reservations. You just... You just show up first come first serve. And last year, Bill and I did that same trip again. And this time we took Bill's son, who was 11, I think at the time. So he was nailing fish all the time. His son, Lincoln, 
and Bill caught a giant last year and, and I wasn't filming because this, you know, I've kind of taken some time away from just filming all this stuff all the time. And Bill caught a big, it was a five pounder. I mean, this thing was, you could have stuck my arm in his mouth. It was giant and uh, on that same lake. So I highly recommend people to check out Sheldon Lake, especially, you know, as a first backcountry experience, Queen Elizabeth Wildlands has some amazing spots to go. So. Uh, I, my brain just stops. Like I think mm. the most I've ever caught in a day was actually ice fishing and, and it was like six. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm, I'm a little bit, oh, yeah. <laughs> although, although I did That's catch a, a five pounder walleye. So I was, that was, a, it's one of my best days. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. That yeah, it was cool. Good and- it, was, it was cool. Yeah. I didn't have any gray at the time. So that was a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> I caught a musket. You did. A kid oh, in awesome. Boston. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Well represent, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. There you go. Were you fishing offshore, Pamela, or were you? No, it was, we were boat? trolling. Oh, I yeah. thought I, I thought it was snagged on the bottom, and I was a little kid at the time. Yeah. And my dad was like, "No, no, that's not the bottom. That's a fish." Oh, <laughs> wow. that's very cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't know. See, there you go. Learn something new all the time. You learn something new about your spouse every day. There you go. Well, yes. Mm. Favorite places. Favorite places. Oh, and all of yeah. them is not the right answer. It, it is. No. But, but no. <laughs> You know, I have to fall back on Donald Lake and Smogamy is one of my favorite places of all time. I was inspired to go there by John from uh, Lost Lakes. He was yep. he was backcountry angling Ontario at the time and since changed to Lost Lakes. He did a trip to Donald Lake and, and I was inspired to go. And so I've returned since then a couple of times. And, and when I go, I love to just go alone and set up a base camp and stay on Donald Lake for, you know, seven, eight days. And that peninsula campsite at the North End has to be one of my favorite places on earth. It's it's absolutely stunningly beautiful the water is amazing this past year bill and i did the the dunlop lake route near elliott lake and i will say that it was probably my favorite trip of all time just the fishing was incredible the scenery was incredible bill and i did a five kilometer slog down a creek you know a, a rocky bony creek with no water in it to get to a back lake in there that i don't think would really hardly ever see any person at all and once we got back there it was it was absolutely stunning so i would say that lake would rank high on my my list as well but uh you can't you can't not say the delta and the french river i mean the the old voyager channel all the channels down there leading into georgian bay that has to be one of my favorite places to paddle in ontario for sure and the pickerel river is actually just just to the south of the french it's a phenomenal place to paddle too it has similarly and actually far less explored channels that travel all the way down to the bay. And uh, I'd put that high on my list of favorite places as well. So, yeah. Cool. We were supposed to do the French the uh, from Hartley right. Bay, about a 50, yeah. 50 kilometer mm-hmm. loop, I think. My eldest decided mm-hmm. to get a summer job. So my paddling partner. Is, yeah. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> so yeah. I have a plan. I just don't know when it's going to happen. It's It would be for okay. us, for me be the first time we've done river because we generally do lakes portages mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. It was, and and yeah. yeah partially partially inspired by your documentary uh, it just because it, it's like that looks cool. cool you know what i mean and oh, it's a it's, different deal yeah. So. yeah it is it is it's a phenomenal place once you go you'll be hooked it, it, it gets its hooks into you and uh it's an amazing amazing place very serene very beautiful very unique very rich in history yeah you will love it and you won't regret going to it All right. I will take your word on it. We're going to run out of time soon-ish. Back to tomogamy, watching it with the the mesh Mm -hmm. 
is it the serenity that that makes you go out in <laughs> that insane bugness or is it, is the fishing that much better that early in the season or or what yeah. the fishing is amazing uh, the closer to ice out that you are the fish are in season closer to ice out go and also the solitude because very not very many people like getting out there in that environment right no kidding <laughs> yeah and it's also it's it's you know just after winter, you know, I would have winter camped and all that, which is great, but it's, it's, it's almost as soon as you can get the canoe on the water, even though the bugs are terrible, I don't care. I'm going to go. I've done it a few times since then, you know, and uh, it does get a little bit easier every time you just get used to it and, you know, you learn your way around it. So yeah, it's the solitude and the amazing quality fishing and just the itch, the itch to get out for sure. This, the itch I know well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's yeah. the twitch. That's twitch. Twitch. It's a twitch. There's a twitch and an itch, I think. Yeah. Cool. Well, man, now I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll call so the kid, kid's new boss and say, no, don't hire him until after the 21st. <laughs> That's when we're supposed yeah. to get back. Oh, okay. Okay. I hope you can make it work. Well, we, we, you know what? We'll figure something out. It's a, it's a summer job. So I might steal him from school for a week or something like that in yeah. in September and do it then. I'm fine with camping. Whatever. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. September would be a good time to go. A lot less paddlers and a little bit less busy for sure. Yeah. yeah no. Great time. Well, we typically take either late, late, late September or early October. Do Kawartha mm-hmm. Highlands. Just just go in and, and get yeah. an island site or something like that and hang out for three yeah. days as long as it's not pouring rain. Yeah. But yeah. And there's nobody yeah. around yeah. except hunters. It's a little weird to be woken yeah. up with shotguns at 630 in the morning, but uh, <laughs> you usually peter out <laughs> within about an hour and your heartbeat slows down a little bit and, and then it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a weird one. I think that's, I'm good. Me too. Thank you so much for coming out. And oh, you're welcome. And sharing your story with us i'm looking forward to the new projects i'm so sorry you have to spend so much effort know that that they are well received and they are truly appreciated Uh, i want to go camping (laughs) i don't blame you i don't blame you at all so do i just go do it let's just quit our jobs and go do it full time what do you say all right good deal good deal man you're you're in the bow though because no you're in the stern you're way better paddler than i am so your j-stroke is much nicer than mine Thanks very much. Appreciate uh, appreciate you taking up the invite and coming and having a yak with us. Absolutely. No, I'm very thankful for the invite. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to meet you guys. And yeah, I look forward to hopefully talking to you again soon. You know what? I hope so. I look forward to the, the next two projects. Yeah, I would absolutely be into yakking about those as well. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I'll, yeah, I can talk about them. Well, you know what? Maybe after they come out, there'll be a lot more to talk yeah. about. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. We could always do maybe a pre thing just before they come out maybe a, t- a sure. team or thing or yeah. something we can figure something out for sure yeah yeah mm-hmm. oh that'd be really cool yeah, yeah right I on, appreciate that. yeah thanks you're thanks. so welcome you're welcome thanks for the invite and yeah we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. cool man soon. looking forward to the new projects right. see you later thanks all right Take care. see ya okay bye-bye bye-bye that's it for us for today thank you so much to our special guest peter park from latitudes films we're so looking forward to checking out his new projects coming up on gray owl and the short film that he's working on and do connect with him please on instagram he's latitudes.films and on uh, youtube he's also latitudes films and we'll talk to you again soon i'm pamela I'm Tim. And we're from supergoodcamping.com. Please do reach out to us at hi at supergoodcamping.com. That's H-I at supergoodcamping.com. And connect with us on all the social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. I think that's it. Yeah. Since I screwed it up, I'm supposed to say I'm still Tim. (laughs) We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.